Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. friends another episode of crazy women country i'm donna and today i'm here with the amazing justine blanchett how are you doing hi i'm doing well how about you awesome another day another wonderful monday here recording it's all good how about you anything exciting on your monday not really today except for this um actually one other thing so um i work in a completely different field like my day job is completely different from music but uh i started a new training that my company's paying for um and so it's really exciting i got the first session done today it was a long one but good to get started and have that certification going that's definitely exciting i also work outside of uh, music if you will uh, i work in healthcare so yeah i Totally understand when you have uh, new exciting stuff going on, no matter where you are. It's always exciting, isn't it? It really is. Okay. So we'd like to start off with one of the most difficult questions. Tell me, who is Justine Blanchett? Now oh, that is so tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, well, I, I grew up in a musical family. Um, my dad does not have a musical bone in his body, but... <laughs> My mom tried. She really did try. I can't say she didn't. Um, and so I was raised, uh, I'm second of four kids and we were all homeschooled all the way throughout uh, until university. Um, I am from Canada for context and, um, I was born on the South shore of Montreal. And so as, um, homeschooler, we had a bunch of activities and all that stuff to do. And one of them was to learn a musical instrument. And for about 12 years, I did piano, uh, we did singing here and there, nothing really crazy mm -hmm. or professional level, I guess. Um, and so piano, it's right there in my background. It's still <laughs> one of my favorite instruments. I was classically trained, so I, I find it hard to do anything blues or jazzy. I'm like, that, that doesn't feel right. Um, <laughs> but I love, love, love classical music. Um, it is my utmost favorite genre. And um so I did that for about 12 years, piano for 12 years, and I dabbled into like different things like saxophone, which was like for maybe two years, nothing crazy. And uh, I did start doing guitar when I was about, I want to say maybe 10, but not consistently. And um, I eventually got into it when I started doing music um, while well, singing a little bit more um, consistently at the age of 12. And that was after I almost died from uh my appendix bursting so um at the point when I got to the hospital um I was suffering of sepsis and everything so it was quite um terrible one of those situations you don't want to be in but I was 11 hey what can you do you can't really <laughs> control it when you're 11 yeah. um so I was in the hospital for three weeks um still suffer consequences to this day of how <laughs> you know how crazy it was at the time um and we should have caught it quick, quicker and all that stuff. Uh, but I'm not the type to like complain about any type of pain. If I feel anything, I won't even tell my mom until it's like been a week. <laughs> I'm like, it'll go away. It's fine. <laughs> Just let me sleep it off. I couldn't sleep my appendix bursting off. So 
<laughs> after three weeks in the hospital, I did get to go home. And, um, you know, like it does it, th- that, that type of trauma makes you grow faster. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to do something. And I was like, I, at the time I was listening to this 12 year old opera singer and I was like, she is so good. Like if she can do this, I can, like, it's, it's probably not yeah. that hard. Right. <laughs> So um, I gave it a shot and I did uh, what you call classical crossover because it's not the pure opera genre. I cannot fathom to call myself an opera singer, (laughs) Uh, but I did classical crossover for about, I'm going to say two and a half years. I have zero Italian roots, so that did not work for me. And I was like, tried learning Italian and I was like, not working. It's messing up my Spanish. No, thank you. So now I do speak English, French, because I'm from Quebec, and Spalian. Mm-hmm. So don't ask me to speak Spanish or Italian. It'll be a little mix of both, just a little salad of both. And so <laughs> um, when I was 15, I went through a couple different um, singing teachers. And uh, when I was 15, uh, my singing teacher, who still lives about 15 minutes from here, or actually 10, 10 minutes, um, great lady her name's Jennifer Camshay and she told me at the time she was like what do you want to do like what what do you what's your genre like what would you like to do because at the time I had won a few competitions from doing opera and you know I felt like I kind of stalled and I wasn't going anywhere so I was like country music's my favorite like my family and I have taken so many trips in the U.S. eastern coast and um, radio you turn it on and it's country music so I was like I love country music it's my thing like it's so genuine it's so down to earth and so um, she was like okay let's do it and so shifting from that and learning how to sing country was very different um, or even just belting which is what I do now but um, mm-hmm. I did go through different um trainings like anatomy wise and figuring out how you're supposed to sing differently, different genres, how do you place everything? And so that was um, so interesting to learn back when I was 14, but I made the switch when I was 15 and started writing my own songs when I was um, the summer I turned 16 and it was really, really great. Um, Before then I was writing songs, but without the lyrics. So um, I guess I count as like a songwriter of like many, many years, but it's like, not with lyrics until like I was, I was 16. <laughs> so ever since I was, I was 16, um, I've released about two singles every year. Um, all my own original songwriting. Some of it is co-writing with my singing teacher. Um, but yeah, so, so far with my latest release, that is not my own writing. Cause I went to Nashville and did a bunch of things. Um, I've, I'm up to like my ninth single. So that's, that's catching you up to today. My ninth single. <laughs> Well, that is definitely an exciting journey. And I think it's uh, amazing how you're right. Uh, Anyone that has trauma or health issues as a teenager and stuff, um, I had a lot of health issues. Um, So yeah, I totally understand you grow up so fast. At least that's how you feel. Um, You know, you feel like an adult at like 15 there and you're like, okay, maybe not yet, but I still feel that way. Yeah. So I totally understand that, but uh, I'm so glad you went into music. I'm glad that that pivoted over because uh, you have an amazing voice. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about your latest single, Hard to Love. So I obviously, if you didn't write that, what was your inspiration um, when you sing that? Because obviously you have to basically, it's like a play, so to speak. And, you know, you, you give us that emotion and, you know, so was there something behind that, you know, experience that you may relate to? Oh, absolutely. So I forget the names of who wrote it. So oh, hang on, I'm gonna get it. 
Derek Sutherland, um, Courtney Cole, and Kelly Archer. There you go. Got it. Yeah. Um, and um, I got to meet two of those songwriters so far. Amazing people. And uh, basically, this the playlist was pitched to me a year ago, over a year ago, actually. Yeah. Um, and Hard to Love was in there. And I was supposed to pick three because my producer, Danik Tapel, who's down in Nashville, um, works that way. So he's like, pick, pick three and we do three at a time. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, there's two in there that I really, really loved. And then hard to love was the, the one I narrowed down to for that third song and listening to it. I was like, yes, like I relate so much to these lyrics, not only because I've been in a relationship where my partner was emotionally unavailable or at least trying to be, but couldn't be available and ended up being super hard to love as a person. And so you know, listening to the song, I was like, I feel like they were there when it happened. <laughs> like, what in the world? But like the song, um, I mean, the relationship, like it, it broke off like three years ago. So it's nothing like, like, I'm not resentful anymore. Like that's over. I'm good. But, <laughs> but I'm still like, oh, this is, this is interesting to like have someone put in words what I went through, even though I did write my own song about this relationship relationship so think about like I don't know two years ago um oh yeah summer of 2020 I released a song called God Away and that was literally this the relationship because it turned out to be a toxic one and I was like I was the one that got away because I broke it off he made it sound like he's the one that broke it off and I was like nah sir (laughs) you don't get to do that (laughs) anywho haven't talked to him ever since and um hard to love just felt like a really nice way to just tie the whole season of life and just be like, yeah, he was hard to love. And it was not my fault that he was hard to love, you know? So but the whole process of, of recording and everything is great. Yeah. And I think that's a universal theme too. Um, and sometimes some people draw from, you know, like you said, your experience of like an ex, you know, maybe something someone yeah. had as, you know, when they were really young or, or just recently, or, you know, we can all relate and we've all been there. So that's what makes such great songs sometimes that You'll remember them years to come and they'll be timeless. Exactly. And the song's contents weren't super close to what my relationship was. It was enough to be broad enough so that many people could relate to it. And I was like, perfect. Like, I don't want it to be so close that I'm like, okay, like this is too close to what I lived. Like, let's not traumatize people. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, who are some of the women that inspire you musically? Oh my gosh, so many people. Um, first and foremost, obviously Shania Twain. Like she was playing in our family living room when I was like two and dancing in my diapers. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously she's like number one on my list. Um, Reba's another one. Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood were always up there as well. Um, just a lot of people in general that I'm like they write a not they write sorry they perform and sing songs that. Um, you know, I related to, and they helped me grow up and it was the kind of stuff that I wanted to do someday. And so that's kind of just where I got my inspiration to do about the same, hopefully. That's awesome. And those are all great women. I mean, how could we not pick such awesome people in general? There's so many right? out there. Legends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So would you like to do our 20 crazy questions? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, I promise we won't get arrested yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. Tell me, what is your dance like nobody's watching song? 
the song you have to dance to. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have this thing where like anybody, whenever somebody asks me, what's your favorite song? I blank out and I'm like, don't have a favorite one. Just love them all. (laughs) And so the one, oh my goodness, I have to say probably my newest single. Like I know it's like really, really weird, but like my, my upcoming single that's going to be coming out early next year, um, early in the new year is one that when I got the playlist I was listening to and I was like I cannot stop like loving this song like it is so good um but that's all I'm gonna say about it (laughs) (laughs) okay so we'll have to look forward to that song early next year guess so ready everyone (laughs) so in your opinion what's the perfect workout song or genre Oh my goodness. Okay. So it has to be either remix songs, like pop remix songs, or like not Metallica, because that's too much for me. Like I can't, if I can't sing along, like don't even bother. (laughs) (laughs) But like some kind of like rock stuff that's enough to get like your blood pumping and that BPM up. Like that's, that's my favorite. Good stuff for sure. So tell me, Top two concerts you've ever attended. Oh my goodness. Okay. To be fair, there's not a lot of Americans that come up, like country Americans that come up here and say my area. <laughs> and the times they have, I've actually not been around. So I've been really sad about this forever. But um, I did go see Thomas Schweth. It was like a free show in Nashville um, earlier this summer. That was the favorite, uh, like top most. Um, another one is, oh my goodness. Um, I'd have to say if this one's local. I got to actually sing with him on stage. Um, this was like, oh my goodness, pre COVID and it was Canada day. And I was singing at, um, actually in my birth city on the South shore of Montreal. And it was just really interesting to go back there and just be like, yeah, just singing for Canada day, you know, like whatever, that's pretty cool. Um, and so it was actually a super hot day, got heat stroke the next day, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, that night I was doing a duet. It was John party song, um, head over boots with Matt Lang, who's actually from Quebec. Um, and now he's like huge and everything, but we got to do a duet and it was really, really cool. Awesome. Definitely awesome for sure. And yeah, stay well hydrated. Don't, don't have heat stroke. It's not. Cool. Yeah, please drink water. <laughs> don't do what I did and not drink water. <laughs> so tell us, give us a album artist recommendations that we need to listen to before we die. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this past March, I was in Nashville attending the Tin Pan South Festival and I got to meet people that I had been listening to for a long time on Spotify. And so top one I'd have to say is like Levi Hummin, really, really, really good. Um, oh my goodness. I feel like I have to open my Spotify and just find like the <laughs> best album out there. Um, this is not like a surprising one either, but Bailey Zimmerman, like everybody knows him now, but like He's really good too. And it's so funny because I actually knew about him before he got like big or anything. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, he's big now. What? Like, that is so interesting. <laughs> and so um, he was actually at our Canadian CCMAs, like our, our CMA version, our Canadian yeah. CMA. Um, he was there this summer performing and I was sitting like, I don't know, 200 feet away. And it's really cool. Um but yeah, he's got some really, really like paying for it. It's such a good song from Levi Hummond. So just overall, just such a great artist. Absolutely. Which great picks. So tell me on your playlist, do you have any guilty pleasure music? Uh, something that you want to admit to everyone you listen to? 
Oof. Okay. Trying to think here. <laughs> uh, okay. So do you mean as in like in the country music world or just like any genre? It doesn't really matter. Just, just anything. Like, you know, like there's some Jay-Z oh in the back or something. Like no one knows you listen to that. You know? <laughs> like something like that. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think. Is there any like weird stuff I listen to that I'm like, okay, so this is super weird though, but like, and really out of the left field, but um, I was hosting this Friendsgiving back in Nashville like a month ago. And um, I was looking for like a really good playlist and um, it was this Friendsgiving party playlist. And on there was like some Christmas stuff, which to be fair, our Canadian Thanksgiving is way earlier. Mm-hmm. So like we're already yes. in the Christmas spirit early. So that like listening to country to, to Christmas music early than everybody else does yeah. is one of my guilty pleasures. But um, there was a lot of like Charlie Brown songs on there. And like, those are like my favorite, <laughs> like the Christmas, like Charlie Brown stuff yeah. is so good. <laughs> it's so nostalgic. And nothing wrong with that. Um, my neighbor who also is okay. a friend, they have, you know, I, I always forget like, cause she's Canadian and I forgot like, you know, when their Thanksgiving wants to say happy Thanksgiving. Right. Cause I know they do two celebrations and, and then we had the <laughs> yeah. America one. I'm like, Oh, happy second Thanksgiving. I just realized. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm exactly. Like, you know, totally. Yeah. You gotta have two. You can't just have one. <laughs> I, I know. I think I'm gonna start celebrating the Canadian Thanksgiving as well now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, you really <laughs> should. <laughs> no. So tell me, hypothetically, if I came to you and said I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? Oh my gosh, the weirdest questions ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, here, like here in Canada, like I'd say just try to smuggle it over the border. Like it's probably not that hard. Um, <laughs> and um I mean, I there's a giant forest behind my house and like nobody goes there. So like I I would just tell you to put it there. (laughs) So random. We actually have an old um like house in the trees. That what do you call those? What am I blanking? Like tree house. house? Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um we have an old tree house. It's probably down now at this point because I haven't been back there in a while. But uh yeah, I'm telling you, it's like inhabited there. Nobody lives there. There's a huge sand pit. No one cares. Like, go for it. <laughs> awesome. So I just have to smoke a bottle just across the Canadian border. We're good. Yeah, just go for it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Oh, so tell me, do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? Not really. I'm like, you know, if they come for me, they they can. It's whatever. Like, I'm not going to fight, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like if it it is what it is um honestly I think it doesn't take that much for people to go kind of crazy and I feel like COVID kind of proved that a little bit right you know like we ran out of flour and we ran out of toilet paper so like I wonder what this zombie apocalypse would do right I was always really cautious like, about that whole why is everyone buying toilet paper I mean if you're buying this much toilet paper you should have been seeing a GI specialist a long time ago just saying yes and like my, my of all things you run out like there are other alternatives if you run out of toilet paper like of all things and honestly like my plan I was talking to friends about this I was like you know what like just give me a boat and like I'll be fine like just leave me out in the ocean like I'll be okay I'll make up make up friends it's cool I'll have a ball somewhere I can call Wilson <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> learn to fish we're good we have you know, fire That's exactly it. it's cool you know? it's fine no worries hey i gotta admit when the hurricane went through the days after yes it was stressful a little bit but you know the no electricity no power all the inconveniences it was kind of like camping so we had a generator so we were blessed you know and i'm like you know what yeah i have a house i have a generator i have food i'm let's like camping just keep cleaning up and do what we can, you know? So it was kind of like that exactly. detox from social medias and everything without, you know, it's be like, I'm doing it. Exactly. It's the best. We actually lost power for like 50 hours or something in a row. Wow. I believe it was this summer. I think so. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a memory, um, brain fog, but yeah, we actually made pancakes on the barbecue is, it is great. Like no complaints. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like going out camping. You don't have regular electric. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so tell me, in your opinion, what job would you be terrible at? Oh my goodness, anything customer service. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I don't care. Like I'm like, don't come up and tell me what you're complaining about. Go fix it yourself. You you got this. (laughs) I actually worked. Um, one of my summer jobs as a teen was, um, and saying as a teen is really weird. Um, I'm like, what, when I'm not a teen anymore, what in the world? Like I'm 21. Like I should, I should be over this by now, but, um, it's, I, I used to work at a thing called like Santa's village. It was like a whole amusement park. And I used to work a lot more into the food court area. And so we'd make food and then all that kind of stuff. And it was always like, people would ask the same five questions for everything. And I was like, can we put up signs, please? And we tried for one of those questions. We put up a sign, nobody read them. And I was like, okay, all right, I quit. <laughs> I didn't quit. I didn't quit because I needed money, but uh, I wanted to. Really, really (laughs) did. I think that's so true. I think people just don't, uh, even in normal workforce, they just don't read. And you're like, I just literally wrote that on an email to you. So let me send you an email that says the same thing, right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, so tell me, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? I would buy a car because right now I use my dad's car to travel to Nashville. And so when I'm back here, it's back to like being the family car and whatever, just like whoever needs it gets it. Um, but yeah, that is literally on the top of my list. <laughs> well, not really. Actually, I have other priorities. <laughs> I, have, I have some music stuff to <laughs> I have some music stuff to pay off first, but uh, that would be number one. Second would be car and then definitely like a place. Um, probably a national would be really nice to get, um, just a place of my own. Hopefully I can keep paying it <laughs> not right out of money, but, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, just, just little things. You can buy there. a small condo, you know? Yeah. Just little that things you own right it, out the other to, spaces. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then there's income right away. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just rent a whole, bar- like buy a whole apartment building, rent out everything else. And bam, mm-hmm. you've got like a constant lottery coming back in. <laughs> right. And, and you hire a management company so you don't have to do anything. And there you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Your name's just at the top. That's it. Like that's the only, as, as yeah. the owner, that's it. <laughs> oh, so tell me, what's the last thing you read? Uh, I'm actually getting back into reading, which is really, really cool. Cause I uh, put it off for a really long time being like, I don't have time, I don't have time, but I really do actually, I just need to make the time. Um, I'm reading, I forget the name of the book, but 
I, that's how long I've been reading it. Um, but I'm reading this book. Um, I'm sure you know C.S. Lewis. And so I'm reading, um, it's kind of like a biography written from his stepson. Yeah, stepson's perspective, Douglas Gresham. Um, so his wife's children that she already had before they got married. And so it's really interesting to read about his his whole life from perspective of someone who came in later and it's a small book but I've been trying to read it I I was actually reading it yesterday awesome so do you prefer boots or heels boots please heels (laughs) throw them away I'm I'm five foot two so heels are good but bad like they're I I hate heels (laughs) so bad boots give me the cowboy boots I have like three pairs um just give me Give me that and I'll be happy. Perfect. So tell me, if we made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh my gosh. I feel like I was going to say Reese Witherspoon, but that's only because she's also my height. So that's that probably would. <laughs> I feel like she'd be like a little too giddy for my part where like, I'm like, I have this like hyper realism about life. So I'm like, not always really happy about everything going on. And I'm just like, the world's ending. So whatever, you know, um, we're all going to die one day. <laughs> so Reese Witherspoon would really work for this. Um, who else could really do? Um, oh, my goodness. I, oh, what's her name? Uh, also Redhead, who was in just released Disenchanted. Um, hang on. I'm trying to figure it out. It's going to come to me. Oh. I'm trying to Google it at the same time. (laughs) New movie. Okay, we'll get it. We'll get it. Who's that actress? Amy Adams. I had Anna in my head. There was an A in there. Amy Adams would be a really good job. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, we'll call her up. So this might be the second most difficult question. Where's Waldo? Um, I don't know. <laughs> All I can think about is um, I had a like a fall festival thing uh, during Halloween and everything back in Nashville, and uh, one of my friends dressed up as Waldo, and it was hilarious because a lady came up to me and she was like, "I'm trying to find X Y Z, like our friend in common." And she was like, "But I can't find him," and I'm like, "That's the point. He's dressed up as Waldo." <laughs> It was perfect. Um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Waldo is somewhere in Nashville. Perfect. Uh, in your opinion, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Oh my goodness. Best thing since, oh my goodness. Wow, that is such an interesting question. When was sliced bread a thing? Wasn't that like after Betty White was born? I heard this I think thing more like, yeah, which is like, wow. Um, I guess transportation, like just like getting around quicker. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a, like a blessing we overlook sometimes to just be like, oh, it takes like seven hours to go there. And then it's like, well, hello. Like it used to take days, you know? Right. Um, that's Here's a horse. Go on. tell me how long it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me know how that feels once, you know, I mm-hmm. see you in a month. yep (laughs) oh would you rather cook or order in 
I'd rather cook because it's like way cheaper first. <laughs> and I'm probably going to like it better. In your opinion, what's the worst pizza topping? Okay, I'm gonna get like a lot of hate for this, but <laughs> pineapple definitely does not work for me. Um, I know it's like 50-50. Some people really love it, some people yeah. don't. Um, and fun fact, actually, it's called Hawaiian pizza, but it was actually made in Canada. It was invented in Canada. Um, so as a Canadian, I would like to to not claim that. Um, like, <laughs> no, like stick to the regular stuff, please. That's my thought on pizzas. Oh, I love that. And you know, you're not gonna get a lot of slack for that because it's really a 50-50, like you said. And it's like either you yeah. like it or you hate it. I mean, there are some of us that are in between, yeah. like, we'll eat it. We wouldn't personally order it, but if it's there and it's food, well, okay, we'll try a piece. Why not? You know? But- right, right. I probably actually I should be really honest and say I've never really tried pineapple pizza, <laughs> but I have tried broccoli on pizza, and broccoli on pizza is terrible. It smells awful. I love broccoli, but don't put it on a pizza. Is there what well what is your favorite pizza topping? The regular stuff like like, like mushroom and mushrooms and pepperoni and well pepperoni feels like a basic like it's not like <laughs> like I don't get cheese pizza where there's no pepperoni I'm like that is bread and cheese like <laughs> like that doesn't make sense like like pepperoni cheese and like the sauce is the basis of the pizza that's the most basic you can get at pizza and then start doing bell peppers mushrooms onions like all that stuff it's delicious perfect what do you wish would magically clean itself it's gonna sound gross but my cat's litter box Mm. i had to change it yesterday and i was like i hated this i forgot (laughs) i hated this (laughs) because i just got back home from nashville right and so got back to doing regular duties because my cat stays here when I leave. My family takes care of him. And so it's terrible. It's terrible, especially because my cat likes his litter very, very clean and makes sure I have to keep it clean. (laughs) Hey, those cats let you know. They're, you know, cats are very demanding. I think they're more demanding than dogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very. So tell us something on your bucket list. Oh, I do have a bucket list somewhere here. Uh, one of them is like my latest add to my bucket list is mm-hmm. to do like to go to Europe and, and do some traveling to like Switzerland is probably on my top. Um, Sweden is another one. Um, oh, my gosh. All of like European and all that um, corner of the world is probably on my bucket list to go see someday to like literally just take the plane or a boat across the ocean plane would be faster but you know just to do that would be you know already impressive as it is absolutely i was just talking about the same thing where i was talking about yeah all the european countries i want to go to like italy and things like like just yeah we were just talking about that the other day yeah that'd be a great adventure cool for sure very if you could be any person like dolly parton or Shania Twain, or a position like a surgeon or, you know, a mechanic, I don't know, whatever, who or what position would you want to be for the day and why? Wow, that is such a tough question. All of these have been super tough and have to make me think so much. Um, Oh my goodness. I feel like I'd want to be, I 
feel like I don't have like a specific person in mind, but like the role at a top of, and I know I'm like thinking a little too out of the box because this stuff is not always realistic, but like at, at a top of like, um, what's the word for it? I guess like a, um, a not-for-profit organization that gives like money away to charities and like mm-hmm. decides yeah. to give how much money and all those, those kinds of yeah. things. And I can say like these kids or these kids at this hospital or whatever, they get to do this this year. They get to do that. Like all kinds yes. of things, like especially people that work like Samaritan's Purse and all that stuff. Amazing what they do, especially with like um, the Operation Christmas Child. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, I don't always get to pack a box myself, but the church I go to in Nashville, um, needs help packing those boxes into bigger boxes and then into trucks so I like to volunteer for those and just be able to help that way even if I can't financially put a box together I know they're not really expensive but sometimes you know you run out of time and you know but I have time to help them pack the boxes so that's what I like to do absolutely and you know that's one thing I know I've always said that you know you don't always need money to donate if you can find your time Sometimes people just need some help, physical help to do the boxes or whatever, maybe. And, and exactly. Yeah. And that's my motto. I'm like, if you can't give the money for it, then give your time. Exactly. Because we can all find just a little time, even if it's one day a year, you can, yes. do, you can find that to help someone else, I think. Exactly. So, but I love that. That was, so that was true. a great, that was a great answer too. I love that. <laughs> so are there any words of wisdom that you live by? And if so, what are they? Uh, man. Yeah. A lot of them <laughs> that I have to remind <laughs> myself about. Um, a lot of it is just patience, um, and reminding myself how old I am. <laughs> a lot of it, like, you know, from what we mentioned yeah. saying, like growing up too fast and all that stuff, like I don't feel 21. I've never felt my own age. A lot of times I'm like, mom, like, is my birth certificate even incorrect like are you sure there's not another copy somewhere that says I was you know (laughs) born way earlier than I thought uh than I actually am um so I think a lot of it is I find it hard to live in the moment and just being able to enjoy where I am um and so I have to remind myself I'm like hey you're not going to be this age forever you're not going to be able to do this forever so like enjoy while you're here and you're going to, you're going to get to where you want to be and you might as well enjoy the road there rather than be constantly drained of thinking about being there and not enjoying the ride, which is super lame. Like when you like enjoy the ride, like that is super platonic in general, but like it is, it, when you boil it down, it's live now because you won't get to do that forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're all guilty of that. I, I mean, I know I'm being yeah. guilty of that a lot. And there are times I'm like, mm-hmm. take a moment, enjoy the now. Tomorrow's tomorrow. Whatever you don't get done, get done tomorrow. And if not, oh, well. Exactly. And, and exactly. trying to not, learn that. And yeah. Exactly. Not, don't, don't put too much pressure on what you can't do tomorrow as well, like, or what you can't do today, because there's more. And if you can't, then it is what it is. Like, you, you there's so many things we can't control. And Lots of my, lots of the time, like my mom's like, why aren't you more stressed about this? Why aren't you more? And I'm like, what's the point? Like, (laughs) it's just going to drain my energy rather than help me focus for it. You know? Absolutely. There are only certain things you can control in life. And most of it's your own reactions and your own self to external. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. 
So tell me, what have you been working on lately? I know you just told me you got back from Nashville. So uh, you want to tell us a little bit what's happening in the new year for you? Yeah, you bet. Um, So I was in Nashville to record a couple more songs and to do a music video, a couple of things here and there. And so all of that will be coming out um, along from now till spring of next year. I have an EP planned for the spring and so um, lots of it. I've never released an EP, so I'm like, there's so much going into this. And we are releasing singles to prepare for that EP coming out just so we get people buzzing about it. And so um, there's a single coming in, in early next year, early in the new year. It's going to be really exciting to see that unfold. And, uh, you know, some of those that material is coming out, you know, in the new year. But I really I, I recorded it like a year and a half ago. So I'm like, finally, I get to show this song that I've been so excited about for like a year and a half. And so that is like peak fulfillment level you could you could think about. And so that's been really great. Um, and I'm planning on going back to Nashville to wrap up a couple of things, just finish off the production and, you know, the marketing of everything for that um, EP coming out. So it's going to be really exciting just to finally get to the end of that marathon because it's been forever. Yes. Um, I did take a break between because Heart to Love is going to be like one of those first songs. Um, like we we're planning on having like two singles and then have the EP come out. So Heart to Love is that first single. And so um, I took a break between Heart to Love and the previous one, Get Out of the Mud. And so that big break gave me time to like first, you know, save up my money for this EP. And it's been a lot financially already. So um, winning the lottery would be great if anybody wants to put my name anywhere. It'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of building up to come to this final product where I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like um, and a lot of the songs on there, actually, all of them I haven't written um, and it's just the first step to being like, okay, I'm presenting the best material I can because my songwriting isn't it, like up to par yet. Um, and I do want to get to that level at some someday. So that's why I keep going back to Nashville and, and writing with people so I can keep working on my songwriting. And that's what I've been doing lately and what I'm trying to keep doing for as long as I can. No, and that's, that's the point of it. Just keep at it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's how you become a better writer, better everything, you know, mm-hmm. like you just, that's true with anything. So exactly. Well, I'm excited for the EP and uh, we'll make sure that we put all of your links below. So that way, as it gets closer, we can uh, help you uh, promote it and have Absolutely. you back on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been my pleasure having you today, Justine, and you're welcome back anytime. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you, friends, for joining us for another episode. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.